Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borgson-Quito. Joining me today is Dan Letter, Global Head of Capital Deployment at Prologis. Dan is here to talk about some of the key issues in the logistics industry today, including the demand for space, supply chain issues, sustainability, and more. Dan, thanks for speaking with The REIT Report today. Great to be here, Sarah. Thank you. Now, you've been in your current role as Global Head of Capital Deployment for about a year now. Do you expect the pace of Prologis' investment activity across its global platform in 2021 to be matched in 2022? Sure. Well, the quick answer is yes. Uh, 2021 was a record-setting year for Prologis across the operations deployment and really strategic capital, too. So all aspects of our business, uh, real estate business, our rent growth was 18% globally. Uh, We had 39% increase in our valuations. We did over $4 billion uh, in in starts around the globe. And we recycled about $5.5 billion of capital through non-strategic asset sales as well as contributions. Um, and, and our strategic capital team raised uh, uh, over uh, $4 billion as well. So our outlook for 2022 is, is very, very strong on the deployment front. Uh, we can continue to see uh, broad-based demand um, in markets around the globe. Our vacancy rates are uh, at unprecedented lows. Uh, and space in our markets is effectively sold out. So we at Prologis, we need, we, need we need space to lease to our customers. So as a result, we're, we're going to start over $5 billion in developments this year. Uh, we also expect to do about a billion and a half worth of acquisitions. We're really careful not to overpromise on the acquisition front because you don't necessarily know what's going to come uh, come for sale, uh, and and we also have a team that's very uh, disciplined. We have a billion square feet of the best product in the best markets around the globe, and we're going to stick to our strategy, and our teams will maintain that discipline. And we also, on the acquisition front, we focus on uh, many aspects of. Yes, we buy core real estate. Um, we're heavily focused on the value add, but then we also uh, wake up every day looking for uh, last touch real estate. That's a key differentiator for Prologis, uh, as well as our covered land play business, which these are uh, assets that we generate a return on that uh, over time will be uh, entitled and we will build vertical logistics space on. So. Well, very, very bullish on our deployment activity for 2022. What balance is Prologis seeking in terms of the global deployment of capital? This comes down to our global footprint, allows us to play in a larger sandbox. And uh, again, very disciplined on our market mix and our product mix. Uh, We have a land portfolio uh, that will allow us to develop over $26 billion worth of new product as well. And again, this, this includes raw land. This includes land under option, and this includes those covered land plays that I, already, I had already met, uh, mentioned. And the supply-demand dynamics in the markets in which we focus are very, very strong. Uh, as a matter of fact, 90% of our starts for 2022 are forecasted in markets with lower than 5% vacancy. Uh, the prologist vacancy in those markets is even lower, upwards of 100, 200, 300 basis points. As a matter of fact, two-thirds of our starts this year will be in markets where Prologis has less than 2% vacancy. We literally have no space to lease our customers. So um, we uh, we will continue to focus on that land bank and 
and those covered land plays in these markets as well, uh, because um, we're finding the maturation of those covered land plays uh, are, are are growing, and, and it's a bigger part of our deployment business uh, year after year. One of the major issues with the supply chain is availability of space in the areas of concentrated populations. Do you see development continue to be focused in those metropolitan areas, or will smaller regions like Indianapolis, say, or Nashville begin to become more important? Sure. Well, we do have an overweight strategy to our global markets, uh, but given our size, we we have a very robust strategy in, in key regional markets as well. Uh, for example, uh, in the two markets you mentioned, Indianapolis and Nashville, but we have the best long-term hold portfolios in both of those markets. Indianapolis specifically is more of an Illinois or a Chicago hedge, and there is a large uh, regional distribution hub in Indianapolis um, that we've been heavily focused on. We've got great land positions there, and we will continue to develop in, in that market. And Nashville is a little bit of a different story. The consumption story has been growing rapidly uh, with a with the, the number of corporates moving into town, and we're heavily focused on the consumption base there. We have been investing uh, in um, both uh, uh, existing assets as well as uh, land in, in Nashville for some time, and we, we had some success in 2021 that will lead to uh, a, a focus in Nashville specifically in, in uh, going forward. But, uh, but that said, um, we, uh, we will maintain our overweight focus in global markets. As I said, we're going we're to maintain that discipline. And, uh, and then the key regional markets um, that we are in, we, we plan to stick to our strategy. What are some of the main challenges the company sees globally in terms of zoning issues and shrinking land availability? We have, like I said, a billion square feet in the best markets around the world. And these are the markets where it's hardest to do business. We're heavily focused on infill and uh, being close to the population base. And this is the population that wants their stuff today, but they don't want the trucks and the noise around them. So the cities around uh, us uh, have gotten more and more difficult to, to deal with. COVID hasn't helped that uh, with closures and processing times. Uh, we've seen that expansion on the entitlement timeframes accelerate through through COVID. Let me highlight, go back to our $26 billion that we have embedded in our land bank today. That's two to four-year-old land that we've been processing that allows us to build that today while we also replenish our land bank for two to four years from now. So we think we have the right strategy. We have the right teams with the boots on the ground that allow us to have those local relationships, which are really key in uh, the entitlement and zoning process. Can you update us on the likely outlook for supply chain issues in the coming months? And what lessons do you think companies have learned in the past year or two? And how do you think that will influence their future strategy? Specifically addressing the next few months, uh, we expect it will continue to be challenged really for all of 22. We expect this to go into 23. Um, just the basic reality of getting inventories back to normal levels has continuously uh, run into headwinds, and, and Omicron certainly isn't isn't helping that. What you know? What have customers learned? We had this giant tailwind behind us going into COVID, 
that's e-commerce, the growth in e-commerce and the retooling of the supply chains in order to address the, the growing needs of, of the consumption in, in these key markets that we focus on. And now we have this, uh, this third driver of demand that is what our customers have learned through COVID, which is the customers need to move from the efficiency in the supply chain to resiliency. And so here we are today, we, we see inventory to sales levels 10% below pre-pandemic levels. So our customers are just trying to get back to the pre-COVID levels, let alone build that new safety stock on top of that. So we see that as a, as a big tailwind for Prologis for years to come. And uh, again, just going back, that's, that's the big lesson that we're, we're hearing from our customers. One of Prologis' customer-focused initiatives is its global urban last-touch program. Can you describe what that entails, as well as the program's digital transformation? Sure. So our last-touch program, it's really all about providing our customers with rapid access to dense consumer populations. Our customers continue to focus on improving their speed and precision uh, around deliveries and, and also the overall sustainability of their operations. So we believe that if you combine the right locations, building specs, uh, and sustainability, that will matter even more in the future. So let me hit those really quickly. Uh, on location and the digital transformation component uh, of your question, we're taking a data-driven approach to identifying what we call the most productive locations on the globe uh, in these uh, densely populated population centers uh, with our global presence, we're able to benchmark location quality across 19 countries and on four continents uh, with all major e-commerce and parcel companies. So we learn in one city how to do something for a customer. We can actually extrapolate that across the entire portfolio. We have a growing geospatial team that uh, collaborates with our customer-led solutions team to ensure that the uh, site selection criteria, uh, which does evolve, but that those are the decisions that we're, we're putting into our model uh, as to help us drive our capital deployment decisions. And then on the building specifications as well, it, it really encompasses two areas. It's the configuration and the sustainability. Well, we're not aggregators of this space, we're curators of this space. And let's talk about the configuration, uh, whether it's an existing asset or redevelopment or new construction for that matter. These users are looking the, for the physical attributes uh, that allow for high throughput. Uh, and what we've learned from our customers, certainly more so in the build suits is that seconds can matter in these high volume logistics operations. Uh, so in the same way we measure location, we have a data-driven physical attribute scoring methodology that's, that's greatly informed by the learnings uh, from our customers and, and from our uh, just day-to-day -day business. And, and we can apply this proprietary information into future deployment decisions. And this is, again, something that's evolving as, as we go. And finally, maybe the most important differentiator is our focus on sustainability. We continue to take great strides and focus on uh, energy usage and carbon footprint, uh, both inside the walls, as well as uh, how our customers are powering their fleets. Um, as you know, we have a team dedicated to solving our customers' challenges related to fleet electrification, and we recently brought on a tremendous leader to head up our, our sustainability globally. And the last touch segment of our business puts acute focus on sustainability because it's top of mind as an issue for the leaders and communities in our global cities. And, and 
uh, our focus on sustainability helps us address a question we had earlier around the zoning and entitlement issues. We're a group that puts our, our money where our mouth is when it comes to sustainability and it helps us long-term and being a leader in, in last touch logistics as well as sustainability. And, and it helps accelerate our uh, entitlement timelines and deliver product for our customers. Now, you've already touched on sustainability issues. Can you talk a little bit about what drives the company's commitment in this area? And does Prologis look to be a model for the rest of the industry? Certainly just hit upon some of this. We, we absolutely focus on being a leader or an innovator in this space. And again, like I said, we've been putting our money where our mouth is for some time. We have a deep commitment to this. Uh, we've long been integrating ESG into our business, really focused on all of our stakeholders, customers, investors, employees, the communities in which we work. It goes for our vendors and other relationships as well. We literally think about this through the lens of all of our stakeholders. Uh, from our customers, we're, we're helping them operate sustainably through green building, uh, green certified building design, EV charging, solar, LED efficient lighting, and sensor technology, to name a few. And as an example, to be future ready, uh, we started building our solar expertise 15 years ago. And we're now primed to help our customers with renewable energy solutions. And we're third in the nation in uh, on-site solar installations. We're also addressing our customer pain points in accessing and retaining well-skilled talent through our community workforce initiative. This is a training platform that builds career pathways and logistics. And we have very lofty goals. I believe uh, 25,000 trained by uh, 2025. And then across our company, we're creating a culture focused on our core values that promotes inclusion and diversity. And we're very focused on being a leader of this in the industry across all sorts of industry groups and more proud leader in the space. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're pretty well recognized for this globally. Prologis was recently recognized as the number one REIT on the newly released 2022 Global 100 Most Sustainable Corporations in the World. And this was our 13th appearance on the list. And this is widely considered the most reputable sustainability rankings out there. So we're really proud of that. Dan, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Mm-hmm.